Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. I'm talking today with Bob Redding in our next installment of Taking the Hill. Bob is our Washington, D.C. representative and has been with ASA longer than either one of us care to admit. Bob, hey, welcome (laughs) to the show. It's great to be back, Tony. Thanks for having me. We were talking the other day, and I wanted to get you on the podcast. We were talking about cash for clunkers, and that's something I hadn't heard in years. And you said it was becoming a pretty big deal, so I thought maybe it was time to let our members know exactly what's going on. But for the benefit of those who don't remember the last time, what does cash for clunkers mean, and how long has it been around? Well, Tony, it's, it's been around for a while. It's a vehicle retirement program where state or federal governments buy up older high-polluting vehicles. California and Texas have had programs. Some impact can be determined, particularly at the state level, but also the federal level, by how much money is placed in the programs or allocated you know, for the programs. Interesting. What's the public policy surrounding cash for clunkers? Well, this was sold at the federal level, really based on policies promoted by a Dr. Alan Blinder, uh, Princeton University economist who had served, I believe, in the Clinton administration, but had reser- served on the uh, Federal Reserve Board. And his pitch was that this was uh, an eco-friendly process or policy at a time when our economy, if you remember during the Obama administration, in that 08, 09 timeframe, they were looking for whatever policies would stimulate the economy. So uh, Dr. Blinder had proposed in a New York Times editorial a trifecta of effectiveness for cash for clunkers, a cleaner environment, more equal income distribution, and an effective economic stimulus. What Dr. Blinder left out, and which became later on an analysis I'll come to in a second, was that the fourth policy objective here was to sell new cars. And that's really what it did. No clear impact on the environment. Economic stimulus was really with new car sales. There was no analysis during that early period, DOT, U.S. Department of Transportation, or Dr. Blinder's analysis, or in Congress about what was the impact on small business, independent repairers, auto repairers, or the aftermarket supply chain, distributors, aftermarket manufacturers. And as you may recall, we had, depending on where they were located, we had some shops closed based on this policy. But the fourth reason is the reason that's important and is the reason this policy was viewed by some as a success, and that was solely based on uh, new car sales. In fact, during 2009, the program was receiving some challenges, was spending a, a load of money, and the types of people buying it, according to the Obama administration's Council of Economic Advisors analysis of the whole program, more than helping poor people, it was pulling cars out of the garages of those vehicle owners who were thrifty, who were holding back, driving an older vehicle because they they didn't want to spend the money on a new car. So they saw a chance to take care of a free $4,500. They took the money and they bought a new car. That's where the emphasis was. And there was always some question as to what it did for the environment. Certainly, uh, we had questions about that, but that happened and it was really quite tragic from our perspective. 
Hmm. So let me get this straight. This was a, a program that happened back in the Obama era. It involved taking your perfectly good running but older vehicle and deciding to what they give you forty five hundred dollars for the for your existing car to put towards a down payment on a new car. Was there any sliding scale there, whether you had a ten year old car or a, or a five year old car? I think there was some degree of of how they. Uh, 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 U.S. Department of Transportation reviewed it, you know, the, of the numbers, but uh, it was basically a payment to, to pull you away from your car, your older car, and buy a new vehicle. So I, I loved uh, some of the articles. Uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal had a piece during that same period, and the quotes were all from new car dealers. They loved it. They were selling new cars. And I, one of the figures I saw during that period from uh, one of the uh, very uh, a well-respected uh, uh, automotive survey or uh, think tanks in the automotive industry said that uh, they sold quickly, quickly sold 110,000 uh, 110, new cars, 110,000 new cars. Wow. And uh, as you know, that's a lot of cars. And the expectations before the end of the program, before they ran out of money or terminated the program, was somewhere around a quarter of a million new vehicle sales. Hmm. And these were... I would imagine someone in a lower economic strata driving a really older vehicle that um, probably wasn't worth a whole lot, probably even with the rebate may get more than they would on a trade-in, but wouldn't still wouldn't be in a position to, uh, to take on the cost of a new car, particularly with today's new car prices. Is that true? Uh, I think that's partially true. Uh, but what, what is even more important, if you look at that uh, Obama administration, White House Council of Economic Advisors analysis of their own program. The program really brought out uh, predominantly those persons who weren't necessarily poor or lower income, but those persons who were just conservative in their spending, thrifty. They had an old car and they didn't want to trade. I worked for a United States Senator years ago who drove a 25-year-old vehicle. Didn't know he could get antique plates. He just drove an old car. And uh, I think uh, I think that's something important to note here, that the, the one success this program had was in new car sales. It did not take into account the impact of pulling all those older vehicles out of the market, less parts sold, less parts manufactured, and uh, less uh, cars in the independent repairs base. Interesting. And with the average age of cars and trucks on the road nowadays being north of 11 years, I believe was the last time I looked at it. What's the potential impact for, for the number of cars in this group that would be most likely to be traded in for, I'm assuming what they can more than what they can get on a regular trade in. Do you have any idea what that number would be? Uh, no, I, 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 I do not. I don't. Okay. Okay. I will. I, I'd like to uh, target your, uh, your point a little more about exactly why this is coming up now. Uh, Senator uh, Chuck Schumer of New York, who's the uh, U.S. Senate Minority Leader, uh, wrote an editorial about uh, a new cash for clunkers program. But in his pro program, it's a, it's a, I, I call it 2.0. Uh, it's a play on what they used to call the car allowance rebate system. Car allowance rebate system. Cars. Cars. Yes, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> very, very catchy, very, uh, very new. Uh, but um, in his program, it's a phase out of gas powered vehicles, and he wants to replace them with zero emission, clean vehicles like electric cars. Now, the goal of Senator Schumann's plan, which there's not a bill yet, 
He says that's forthcoming. But what he's talked about is that by 2040, 2040, in 20 years, all the vehicles on America's highway should be clean. Now, you asked, Tony, because you're a conservative guy with your money, missing from this is, well, how, how much money are we talking about here? He's talking about, in his own words, $454 billion over 10 years. $454 billion over 10 years. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. So I want to emphasize that. I, I'm not sure in this Congress the bill could go anywhere, but you never know. Now, just so that we know that the pragmatic voices have risen up, Senator John Barrasso from uh, Wyoming has argued that uh, when referencing uh, Senator Schumer's Cash for Clunkers 2.0 program, he says that Senator Schumer wants to take all these cars off the road and resurrect President Obama's disastrous Cash for Clunkers program. That program, the Obama program, wasted $3 billion of taxpayer subsidies. This program could waste over a hundred times that amount of money, over a hundred times. Hmm. So if you look at the median price of an electric car or vehicle, it's $20,000 or more than a gas-powered car, sold as a stimulus program. The first program was actually a drag on the economy for the reasons that I said earlier. While the effect was significant, you can imagine what the impact would be of this program that's a hundred times or more larger than the 0809 cash for clunkers program. Interesting. And you just said something that raised a question in my mind. This is only if the people who trade their cars in buy an electric vehicle? Yes. Or describing it as a clean vehicle, but emphasis on electric. Yes. Interesting. As I recall, the last time, again, during the Obama era, it was simply a matter of getting the older, dirtier vehicles, if you want to think of them that way, into a cleaner, more emissions efficient vehicle, but they were still gasoline powered. Could be. You, you are correct. That's yeah. Correct. So basically, this is resurrecting an Obama administration program today. Is that what's happening here? That's correct. But doing it at a level that is so dramatic, a uh, hundred times more than 100 times uh, larger and more expensive and, and more aggressive. It has uh, very grand goals here. You brought up something about the Obama administration, Cash for Clunkers. ASA opposed that program in the, in the Congress and, you know, later on the regulatory process, we tried to make some changes. But what was interesting here that was quite discouraging about, in referencing Dr. Blinder's original goals of policy, a cleaner environment, more equal income distribution and effective economic stimulus. When it got right down to it, that fourth unstated goal of selling more cars, that simple. That really came into play during the uh, legislative process. We proposed and had members of Congress to push, including a vehicle repair option for consumers, a vehicle repair option for consumers, where, as you mentioned, Tony, if your real goal is to pollute less, then these emissions I&M programs like are under attack in Pennsylvania today, maintaining that vehicle, mm -hmm. getting that vehicle to its best emissions process possible, where it was manufactured to be, should be a priority. Tying these programs, tying the eight, uh, Obama program to, to emissions and improving air quality, crunching down, making that more real, those kind of parameters or borders for the original cash for clunkers was not of interest. So it just really, when it gets down to it, this is about selling cars, not about cleaner air or the environment, and it's going to cost a lot of money.
Interesting. And in more ways than one, let's talk a little bit about our members, the uh, repair shops, where the age of the vehicles most likely to be included in this, uh, in this new program are generally described as the sweet spot when it comes to service and repair vehicles that, you know, through the normal, normal course of wear and tear need things like brakes and tires and steering and suspension, the staples of vehicle maintenance. So is this, I assume this would not be a good thing for the automotive repairers. Absolutely not. We had a Colorado repair that literally went out of business, a Texas repair that went out of business all during this original period. Because when you looked at it, shop A may not have a higher uh, level of participation in cash flow clunkers. Where, and the demographics were very interesting to me. When you looked at where some of our shops were located, they may or not, they may or may not have a lot of people participate, a lot of customers, clients participate in these programs. But we had many shops who were impacted by it and lost customers. And hey, they've got a new car, their old car's gone, they're going to the dealer. It's under warranty. Why not? So, and as you know, we can't participate in these warranty programs. So these programs are expensive. They have little environmental impact, and the focus is on new car sales with little regard to small businesses like independent automotive repairs or the aftermarket supply chain. And we feel very strongly that cash for clunkers did not succeed in the last administration. And in the Obama administration's own words, its only previous success was in new car sales. So we're hopeful this Congress when this legislation is considered, we'll reject it, and the administration will reject it. Hmm. So does ASA, you had mentioned ASA's position on the last time the cash for clunkers program was floated. Do we have an official position this time, or is it too early yet to say, absent any proposed legislation? Well, once a bill, well, historically, cash for clunkers legislation or bills, we've opposed, state and federal. And uh, I think once we see a bill uh, our board will review, our operations committees will review, and I, I feel certain that we will op oppose that bill too. But we, we like to wait and see until, uh, until we see the legislation. Last time, I do recall that the specialty equipment folks sell equipment for what we would normally consider to be antique cars, exactly the kind of cars that are usually you know, invested in to, uh, to restore them and things like that, really vehemently opposed the cash for clunkers. Are the supply chain partners that are out there in the industry talking about this as well? If we approach them, is there any kind of, of discussion of perhaps a, uh, a united coalition going forward? I think you will see the industry unite again against this policy if it, if it starts to move forward. But uh, most groups are, like ASA, waiting till they actually have a bill introduced and more specifics. Well, this has certainly been enlightening. Any idea at all, your best guess, you're, you're in there in Washington, D.C. Any, any thoughts as to when we might see this moving forward to where we would need to start taking some organized action? I don't think it will be until the second session, and uh, we'll be very watchful to, uh, to see when it's introduced. Interesting. Is that like, what, second quarter, third quarter? Uh, next, uh, in 2020. 2020. Okay, great. Well, Bob, again, as always, you are a fountain of information. This has been enlightening. Any final thoughts you'd like to share before we uh, let you go? Well, we uh, appreciate all the support of ASA and to grow stronger and to be have more impact at the state and federal levels. We need all repairs participating. So we're hopeful as you listen and learn and go to our websites, whether it's the ASA website or our Taking the Hill legislative website and participate. We hope you'll consider uh, 
If you're not already a member, consider joining ASA. Absolutely great. Well, Bob, again, thank you very much for your time today. Again, it's always always enlightening. You, uh, you of course, will come back again and keep us appraised of developments, I assume. Absolutely. Thanks for including me, Tony. That's great. Uh, you've been listening to the ASA podcast. I'm Tony Mala talking with Bob Redding, ASA's Washington representative, about a new Cash for Clunkers programs that may be coming your way soon. We'll keep you posted on that. And for now, thanks for listening.